Steve Nerlick, Chief Astronomy. Well folks, it's time for another Astronomy Without a Telescope, and this particular A-what was what you might call a bit arty or clever, or perhaps just over-engineered. It's really an article about climate change scepticism, and in an attempt to objectify some of that scepticism, I've tried to change the viewpoint by imagining us sending a probe to an alien planet where we might find its inhabitants trying to deal with the same issue. And did I achieve this? Well, let's see. Astronomy Without a Telescope by Steve Nerlich Bringing the Planetology Home We keep finding all these exoplanets Our detection methods still only pick up the bigger ones, but we're getting better at this all the time. One day in the not-too-distant future, it is conceivable that we will find one with a surface gravity in the 1G range orbiting its star in what we anthropomorphically call the Goldilocks zone, where water can exist in liquid phase. So let's say we find such a planet and then direct all our SETI gear towards it, and start detecting faint Morse code-like beeps, inscrutable, but clearly of artificial origin. Knowing us, we'll send out a probe. Knowing us, there will be a letter campaign demanding that we adhere to the Prime Directive, and consequently this deep space probe will include some newly developed cloaking technology so that it will arrive at the Goldilocks planet, invisible and undetectable. The probe takes quite a while to get there, and in transit, receives indications that the alien civilization is steadily advancing its technology as black and white sitcoms start coming through, and as all that is relayed back to us, we are able to begin translating their communications into a range of dialects. By the time the probe has arrived and settles into an invisible orbit, it's apparent a problem is emerging on the planet. Many of its inhabitants have begun expressing concern that their advancing technology is beginning to have planetary effects with respect to land clearing and atmospheric carbon loading. From our distant and detached viewpoint, we are able to see that anyone on the planet who thinks they live in a stable and unchanging environment just isn't paying attention. There was a volcano just the other week, and their geologists keep finding ancient impact craters which have revised whole ecosystems in their planet's past. It becomes apparent that the planet's inhabitants are too close to the issues to be able to make a dispassionate assessment about what's happening or what to do about it. We know they are right that their technological advancement has bumped up the CO2 levels from 280 parts per million to over 380 parts per million within only 150 years and to a level much higher than anything detectable in their ice core data which goes back half a million years. But that's about where the definitive data ends. 
advocates for change draw graphs showing temperatures arising, while conservatives argue that this is just cherry-picking data from narrow time periods. After all, a brief rise might be lost in the background noise of a longer monitoring period, and just how reliable is that 150-year-old data anyway? Other more pragmatic individuals point to the benefits gained from their advanced technology, noting that you have to break a few eggs to make an omelette, or at least the equivalent alien cuisine. Back on Earth, our future selves smile wryly, having seen all this before. As well as interstellar probes and cloaking devices, our future selves have developed a reliable form of Asimovian psychohistory. With this, it's easy enough to calculate that the statistical probability of a large population adopting a coordinated risk management strategy in the absence of definitive face-slapping evidence of an approaching calamity is exactly This data has been removed to prevent corrupting the timeline. So, that was the article. Clever, huh? Or possibly just artless and over-engineered. Comments posted by readers tended to step around the climate change issue, so we just talked a bit about Isaac Asimov's Foundation series, from where the concept of psychohistory comes, and the concept of psychohistory is while you can't accurately predict the behaviour of individuals, the behaviour of large groups is generally very predictable. But of course, the framework of Asimovian psychohistory will also allow a small act, or some random aberrancy, to eventually influence events, even if it takes an awfully long time to do so. This might be something like the beat of a butterfly's wings, resulting in a tropical cyclone. Though, of course, that's really an idea from chaos theory. My point is that you should never give up trying to influence large masses of public opinion. All you really need to move large masses is the right lever. Though, of course, that's really an idea from Archimedes. Well, that's it for another AWOT. See you next week. Steve Nerlich, Cheap Astronomy.